Travel to Europe is difficult for the time being, but we can still keep the flame of wonderlust alive through the virtual vacation with Guidester. The bi-weekly podcast where host Jack Bauman, founder of Guidester and travel enthusiast Arnold Stricker, dive into new destinations exploring their unique history, culture, and special vibe. You will also get insider tips about these destinations you won't get from other sources. So my first time to the area, it was during this wine festival, and just imagine this little village built into the cliffside overlooking this gorgeous lake and, and fertile area of trees and lushness. What One of the reasons Guidester exists is to promote and encourage the exploration of these lesser-known destinations. Castelli Romani, Roman castles. It's an area that maybe you're not familiar with, but if you like wine, if you like porchetta, if you like old castles in a lake area that is very unique, this is an area you want to get to. Jack, you've had an opportunity to be there, right? I have, yeah. I was actually just there in September. What is so unique about that area? First, let's define it. Castelli Romani uh, just means Roman castles, and it's an area southeast of Rome, only about 40, 45 minutes. So you can get from the city center of Rome to Castelli Romani in about 45 minutes. And what it is, it's a fertile piece of ground. It's an area southeast of Rome that is made up of villages, and it's around two lakes. So it's around built atop a volcanic crater, the region is nestled around two lakes, Albano and Nemi. And then around those, the ridge of the crater are these two old volcanic craters, which are now lakes, beautiful lakes and very kind of fertile land are just these beautiful villages built right into the hilltop. And do you get there by bus? Would you get there by train? What's the best way to get there from Rome? Really, the best way is by car. Now, you don't want to rent a car in the city of Rome. Like, you don't want to drive in the city of Rome for a long period of time. That You'll go crazy. But you rent a car at the Termini station or even at the airport would be best. And then you take a car out there. And then it gives you total freedom and flexibility to go from village to village. We'll talk more about what to do. But there's so much to do, so many things to go, uh, so many places to see. So having a car is ideal. If you can't do a car... You can take a train from Romi, Roma Termini Station, so that's the main train station in Rome. It goes frequently to Freschetti is technically not in Castelli Romani, but it's close enough. You go to Freschetti, and then you take the buses from there. Or there's a train going from the Termini to Castel Gandalfo. So either Castel Gandalfo via train or Freschetti, and then use the buses. Now, you mentioned something that I thought was fascinating. It exists on top of a volcano area so the landscape that kind of makes it up it's so all of italy you don't really realize this until you really start traveling around the country italy's basically one big volcano extinct or current or active so from sicily to southern italy middle part of italy pompeii obviously northern there's just volcanoes or old extinct volcano craters everywhere castelli romani is a perfect example of that so it's a it's a, a fertile volcanic region nestled around now these two lakes in the Alban Hills. So it's this fertile kind of agricultural land, and it lies atop really fertile soil, perfect for agriculture. So actually, really going back to the Roman times, this is where the Roman villas were. It was the former stomping grounds of the Roman elites. Actually, Cicero would have spent time here. Sulla would have spent time here. Some of the great Roman names and generals and politicians of the day so since Roman times, it's been a farmland used specifically for a fruit, vegetables, wine production, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's the scenery is beautiful around these two lakes. 
and then the villages itself are built on the ridge that makes up those craters. That volcanic ash really adds quite a bit to the soil to get that wine production and get all the accruements <laughs> that the Roman elite really enjoyed back then. Yeah, it, but isn't that funny that what was loved and sought after 2,000 years ago is is still sought after today. How did the water, is it just natural runoff that fills the crater or what's the deal with that? Do you know anything about it? I'm not a, an agri- a horticulturalist or a geologist, so no, but I pretty, from having been there, I think the landscape is the crater is filled up through natural water. There is a mountain there as well you can climb. So there's a lot of runoff, but I think what's there now has just been filled up over the years because it's a volcanic crater. So what's the area really famous for? Yeah, it's a good question. It's famous. It, it, it goes back to Roman times, as I said. Castelli Romani was really used for farmland specialty stuff, so specialty fruit and vegetables, and then wine production, of course. So actually, the best strawberries in Italy grow in Nemi. One of the villages there is called Nemi, and there are little mini strawberries, actually. I think Fragoli is strawberry in Italiano. So the, they're known for their strawberries, and I've been to Nemi's, a really beautiful little village built into the cliff, into the hillside, overlooking Lake Nemi. So it's just beautiful. So it's known for strawberries, it's known for specialty fruits and vegetables, and then wine production. Also, Castel Gandolfo, which is one of the villages in Castelli Romani, has been used as a vacation home for the Pope since the 1500s. Wow. Uh, so it provides like a secluded kind of refuge from summer heat in Rome. So it does get quite hot in Rome's in the lowlands, and then Castelli Romani's uh, has higher ele- elevation, so it has a cooler climate, climate, cooler temperature, and then of course Roman times it's been known for agriculture. But actually, and so it's gotten even more. Not a lot of people go there, so it's known f- for the place where the popes go to vacation. It's known for specialty fruits and then the wines, but it's not really a top destination for tourists. But that's changing. And one of the things that's changing, one of the reasons that's changing is in uh, 2016, Pope Francis broke the tradition of going and vacation in Castelli Romani by opening the palace, the, the Pope's palace, palatial palace in Castel Gandolfo, the papal residence to the public. So you can go and visit that. I was going to ask, it seems if the Pope's going there and the Roman elite and all of this wine production and all of this wonderful fertile soil that it would be a destination place, especially if the climate's quite a bit cooler. So I was very interested that you were talking about that because I would have thought that it would have been a real destination place right off the bat. It's interesting that it's not. And the more I travel, the more I find places like this. If you poll 10 out of 10 people, 100 people that have been to Rome, have you heard of Castelli Romani? I bet you 99 out of 100 would say no. And it's literally less than an hour from Rome, for, literally 45 minutes, and you're in Castel Gandolfo. As you say, it's a cooler climate, so it's a great getaway from the hustle and bustle of the city, the heat of the city, and there's a lot to do. You can visit palaces, there's villages, you can have wine tastings. So I'm with you. I, it, it is very surprising that it's not more well-known, but that's what of, what, one of the reasons Geister exists is to promote and encourage the exploration of these lesser-known destinations. When you talk about villages, how big are we talking uh, about and how far away from each other are these villages? 
Yeah. So there are many villages, I think technically communes, and they do range in size, but they're all village status. The population of Castel Gandalfo, for example, is less than 9,000 people. I think 8,000, 8,900 people. Some villages might be a couple hundred people. So it ranges, but it, they're all going to be less. The biggest, I think, which is Castel Gandalfo, maybe for Shetty might be bigger, but that's technically not in the region. But Castel Gandalfo is going to be on the higher end, and that's less than 9,000. So, you know, a place like Nemi is probably going to be 1,000 people, 2,000 people quite small. So yeah, I'd say village status, small to medium-sized village status. So when they say Castelli Romani, which is essentially Roman castles, what are these castles like? Were they for fortification? Were they for defense? Or were they just for the elite? They were really for the elite. So Castelli Romani is a slightly misleading name in the sense that you're expecting castles everywhere. There were castles, there were fortifications, but they were mainly used as palaces and stately homes for the Romans, the ancient Romans, and then later the noble families of Rome in the Renaissance times. So the ruling families that kind of had castles or palaces that appeared with the castle architecture were the Orsini, the Colonna family, the Chigi, the Savelli, Anibaldi. So if those, of you, those of you that know Roman history and the, the sweeps of the major families will recognize, especially Orsini, the Colonna family, very powerful families. So they would build these villas and castle-looking estates around. But it just gets its name from this beautiful region that had these kind of castle fortifications. But you're expecting more castles <laughs> than you see. But it's the scenery and the villages and every the whole makeup is really stunning. So when again were you there? And I know you, you like the strawberries, but how else did you enjoy this particular? Yeah, I was lucky. I was there. I know a friend that lives in Rome. He lives on the Via Appia Antica, the ancient Appian Way. Grew up in Rome, knows the area when he's, you know, well connected, has friends and they have a pulse on what's going on. And he texted me one day when I was in Rome and you know, said, Hey, what are you doing today? It was a Sunday. I said, I'm going to just hang out in Rome. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to roam around, get <laughs> roaming around. Excuse me for my pun, my dad joke. So he texted me and he said, What are you doing? I said, Nothing, just going to roam around. And he uh, invited me to this wine festival in Nemi, La Festa Divini in this village of, of Nemi. And I had not been to Castelli Romani before that. I had known about it, had heard about it, and wanted to go, but was expecting to go and just sightsee. So the, my first time to the area, it was during this wine festival. And just imagine this little village built into the cliffside overlooking this gorgeous lake and, and fertile area of trees and lushness. And then in the village is totally packed with people drinking little glasses of wine. And wow. what they would do, and he, we went with a, a big group of friends. And so they, they would, you would buy, I think it was 15 euro, you would buy a ticket, you would buy like a pass, and they give you a little booklet, and then they give you like a glass. And you go from booth to booth testing different wines. And, and, and so you're testing these wines, and every time you look up, it's this gorgeous scene, this setting mm. in your face, this wide expanse of area and the lake at the bottom and then across the ridge another little village and so it, it really was picture perfect mm. and i just remember one of my friends one of my uh, guatiero who's my friend one of his buddies that i just met he looks at me and says jack do you want to go to sicily i said yeah of course i want to go to sicily he goes okay andiamo let's go 
And so we walk over to the Sicily booth and we have, <laughs> and so we have some Sicilian vino. We have some uh, Chichilian wine. And then he goes, all right, guys, let's go to Tuscany. Let's go to Toscana. Andiamo. And then we, so we just went from region to region in Italy tasting the Italian wine. And of course, I, I guarantee you, I would almost guarantee you I was the only American there. I was probably the only foreigner there because this is a very local wine festival they've been doing for years and years, mm. maybe generations. And that's what I love about Italy and, and tapping into the local culture is you really get get to see it in a different light. And I do love Italians. I have to say they're fun. They're outgoing. Oh, actually, I did. She was Italian, but she was born in – I think she was born – in America, but her family's Italian. First language is Italian. She moved back to Italy like in her middle age, but she grew up in America. So I think her formative years were, so I think U.S. dual citizen, American, Italian. Anyway, one of my friends told me that and I just wanted to mess with her. So I went up and said, ah, oh, ciao, como sta? Your accent, it's a very American. Are you from the States? Did you live in the United States? And she goes, ah, oh, how did you know that? And so I was Given her trouble, and finally I told her that I, somebody else told me. But that, I think, would be the only American link there in in Nemi because everybody else I talked to was either from Rome or in that region of Castelli Romani. Was there a bunch of food there also? Because if you're doing a wine tasting like that, it's easy to um, get a little loopy, my words. <laughs> That's right. Um, not part of the uh, La Festa di Vini, the, not part of the wine festival, but they had restaurants open. And that's exactly what we did after we sampled the wines is we went to – that was actually a, an amazing part of it. Thank you for bringing up that amazing memory. After we had uh, the wine tasting, we went up these little tiny little streets. And so keep in mind that this is really built on a hillside. It's really a cliffside. So other than the main kind of piazza, which has been built out in this flat, most of it's it's, it's up a hill. So you're when you're in the town, you're walking up steps or you're walking up a, a steep – street so we're going up this steep street into this tiny little alleyway and then we walk into this little ristorante that's maybe six tables and we're a group of maybe eight ten the eight person maybe ten people and we have dinner at this just tiny little restaurant in nemi and everyone there is italian except myself and this gal that i had met who i invited she was english so it was english gal myself and then these italians and oh we had a blast have you ever heard of grappa yes Okay. Have you ever had grappa? I have not. I don't think you want to try it. What, not, what is grappa? It's a liqueur, I believe. It's a liquor of some kind. What exactly makes it up, I'm not positive. It is – I equate it to – it's an Italian drink that, that you drink after dinner. So okay. it's uh, a little bit – I'm not going to compare it to limoncello in the way of taste, but I think it's used in the same way. It's an after-dinner drink, and it's like a liqueur. And it is the strongest, nastiest stuff. And I and you're not really supposed to shoot it. And my my Italian friends just being being Italian. Oh, Jack, yeah, you take it all at once. Just just go for it and take it at once. And so I just took it at once. And I'm <laughs> joking. And Jack, how is it? And I no said, No kidding. <laughs> I, I just go molto buono. Were they laughing? They were. Oh, it la- cracking up because I'm not going to tell them it's crap. The, the the owner of the restaurant's right there laughing with them. So I'm not going to say it's crap. So I just just. <laughs> Molto buono. It's very good. It was. I compared a little bit, not in taste, but in strength to ouzo. If you ever had ouzo, the Greek Mediterranean ouzo is a clear liquor that Greeks love. I don't know why, and it's just so strong. It's uh, thirty-five to sixty percent alcohol by volume. Grappa. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, there you go. And oh man, 30, so 30 to 60%. So you're talking 120 proof. It's crazy. That's it, too They. I looked that up while you were talking and it's very much like a brandy and the information here says it smells like a fancy perfume and tastes like sour plums dipped in honey. Oh, that's being generous. <laughs> you know what? I think they've got it backwards. It tastes, it smells a little bit like that and it tastes like perfume. Oh, Tastes like you're just jugging some gasoline or perfume or... Yeah, that would be a an after-dinner uh, dessert wine for sure. Oh, man. I've had my grappa. I've done it. I'm never going back. So how long did you spend the night there? Did you drive back to Rome? I did. So I, I was there twice in a month. I was there, uh, went once for the La Festa di Vini, the wine festival, and then I went back again via moped. Let me tell you, Arnold, <laughs> that was freaking cool. So I drove. Now, just picture this. Picture now. It from Rome really is forty-five minutes, and it's mostly secondary roads. But you can, if you take one route, you can get on the uh, major highway for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. So I'm on the major highway on my little scooter, cruising down the highway, this Italian highway, and I, I it, not I would do it again. I'm gonna do it again. I, I always rent mopeds when I travel there, but. It's not something I would recommend unless you ride motorcycles. Yeah, just um, stay out of the hammer lane. I wish that were, it were that easy because Italian drivers are crazy. There's just no question. I think they're a good crazy because they know where they're going and they want to get there quick. But if you're not ready to be aggressive and maneuver, you're going to be overwhelmed. And you'll see that right away when you get to Rome. So I got there via moped and it was an absolute blast and just drove around. Sorry, we're going to blank cut what was the question i got all, i got sidetracked no you, i i was it, whether you spent the night there and you said you uh, drove the moped back the next time you went there boat yes exactly so the first time was with my friend's car the second time was with my moped and if you can have a car that's why you have a car is you can get there and come back there really is no need to spend the night there unless if you want to do something cool and unique you spend two or three nights there and just hang out in the villages area but it's so close to rome that it doesn't really make sense if you want to do other things so both times i went i i did not spend the night i had my hotel my apartment in rome and i just came back to rome that both times so were you there like september 10th through september around that time september 10th the whole month of september yeah because i looked up they have a borgo divino which there in nemi and they have 100 different producers there. That was probably the festival that I went to. It's crazy. Yeah. What was it? What, Borgo? Borgo Divino. Borgo Divino. From the 10th to the 12th of September, the Festival of Good Drinking. Yes, that certainly was it because it was right in the middle of September. And it that makes about, that sounds about right, 100 wines. Yeah, it was 100 labels from different producers, some directly right from that territory. And what a great invite you had from your friend I know, to, right? to participate in. That's That was a, a real find. It really was. And that was probably the highlight of the trip. And I was in Rome a month. I went to the beach outside of Rome, Fregiane. There was another highlight on that day, which that's a whole other story, which we'll have to get to at some point. That was a second highlight. But other than that, and being in Rome and doing some cool things in Rome, the highlight for the whole month was probably that day in Nemi with this wine festival and just hanging out with Italians in this little village in the beautiful region of Castelli Romani, tasting Italian wines with locals. Can't beat it. Bellissima, bellissima. What, what a great thing to 
be so isolated that there's only one other person who is from the United States or has a UK kind of English language connection as a native speaker. And right. you're there, you're absorbing all the countryside, the, the views, the wine, the food, the town, the quaint kinds of villages that are there. What a wonderful experience. Yeah, it really was. And when I went back, so I went back and I, I met up with my dad. We both stayed in Rome a month. We had, we've had this dream for years to just stay there. And we had family come visit. My mom came and visited. So the idea was to rent a big apartment, have come people visit. And we did that. And so he and I went to Castelli Romani together and we were in Nemi and we had no agenda, just cruise around, see what's going on. And you're going back through, through this little side street, looking for a place to eat, but not really. We're hungry, whatever. No, no agenda. And just right on cue, is this ristorante, this trattoria, something in El Mare or no, Lago, something with lake in it. I don't remember the exact name of it, but it is in my guide, so I've got it written down, just not right in front of me. And this is one of the coolest places I've had a meal in, and I've really eaten some in some neat places in Italy. It is this restaurant, literally built into the cliffside, and the entire uh, sitting area, the main restaurant, is all glass looking right out into the lake. Wow. So it's you're not obstructed. To the left is the village and in front of you is this lake. So you've you're there's no obstruction and you're not trying to peek over houses and it's just it's jutting out of the cliffside overlooking the lake. And we just had a beer, sat there and had a beer, had I think I had a bisteca. It was actually funny. I love this, but this is the funny thing you get. When you get to the lesser areas, you don't have a whole lot of options because they don't see tourists, especially now with COVID every day, all day, so they don't have a hundred things on the menu. Right. And that's typically Italian anyway. A trattoria, for people to understand, a, re a ristorante, a restaurant, is going to have the most variety, diverse options. You know, they've got ristorante, trattoria, and osto, they've got all these different levels. A trattoria is typically flavor of the week. So it's going to be more of a changing menu, less, less options than a restaurant, and it's going to be changing more frequently. So... Even though, keeping that in mind, there were some options, and I was looking for the palpette, the meatballs. Oh, sorry. Out of meatballs. Okay, let me back up. He first started, what do you have? Because I, I knew this was the case in some of these small villages. Oh, we have many things. Pick what you like. We have the, the menu. Okay, palpette, per favore, which is meatballs. Oh, sorry, we're out of the palpette. Oh, and I forgot to mention one thing when he started. We have many things, but I would recommend the bistec is a molto buono. It's very good. Okay, palpette. No, sorry, out of that. Okay, how about the lasagna? We just saw the last lasagna. And then I said something else. It was like a pork steak. No, we're just, sorry, uh, mi dispiace. We're out of that. Well, I guess I'm taking the steak. Oh, perfect choice, sir. Si, signore, perfect choice. <laughs> and my dad and I were joking. I think he wanted to sell the steak. I, I, I just kind of had a feeling that this guy really wanted to sell the steaks. So we both had a steak and it was good, but it just was a, one of those funny cultural moments. That's all he had left. It was either that all he had left or he just really wanted to get rid of them. You, you buy inventory and you just have X right. amount of things and you want to get rid of it before it goes bad. Jack, as you talk about Castelli Romani and you talk about Nemi and you talk about all these wonderful experiences you had, what does one get when you go to Guidester? And you're the man on this. What does one get to plan to have this particular kind of trip to get to one of these towns. When you use Guidester, you get the best local information on what to see and do, where to eat, where to go out, all the local tips, the culture. You get the knowledge and expertise 
to have the best experience possible. And all of that data, all of that content is customized to you. So you're going to get the local stuff and you're going to get it personalized to you. And you're going to get a mobile travel guide. Guide's going to download right to your phone. And so when you're in Rome, you know what to see and do. And if you, hey, want to take a day trip outside of Rome, what are my options? Castelli Romani, Tivoli, the, the beach. There's so much to see and do, not just in Rome. In every city in Europe you visit, there is so much to see and do. So boiling all that down, getting the best research, saving hours on time, on research, and then getting the quality local expertise is, is really what Guidester does. And what would something like that cost if I want to have a trip, say, seven days? Very affordable. So for the custom travel guide, it's just $20 a day. So seven days, you'd be looking at $140. You can't find a, a place like that if you got online to do all of your investigations and plan it on your own. And you've done all the work way ahead of time. Exactly. Yeah, it, it really is. It pays for itself. You're saying you're saving so much time on the tedious online research, strolling through books, and all that's good to, to build your excitement and, and give you some knowledge. But then you have to find out when things open, how much they cost, how do you get there. There's all the little detail on figuring all this out. So Guidester does all that work for you and gives you a guide that downloads just right to your phone. Folks, you need to go to Guidester.com, Guidester.com, G-U-I-D-E-S-T-E-R.com to get more information on that. And that's why we do these podcasts. That's why the virtual vacation portion of the Guidester website was created so that you could actually go there and see what was going on. So you could hear about Jack's firsthand adventures there, and then you can go plan your own tour and get that guide. Jack, I appreciate you talking about Castelli Romani. I was not aware of it. I would love to sneak into that little wine tasting festival that you went to in Nemi and have some little bitty strawberries. Next year. Let's go. That sounds like a plan. So next September, I'm running a Guidester tour. So dates and itinerary to come very soon, but it'll be on the website very soon. Best of Rome in Tuscany, and we will be going to Castelli Romani. That sounds great. Jack, good talking to you again. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Virtual Vacation with Guidester. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider letting us know. The best way to do this is by rating us on Apple Podcasts. Reviews are always welcome and encouraged. Virtual Vacation with Guidester is produced by Motif Media Group. For Jack Bauman and Virtual Vacation with Guidester, I'm Arnold Stricker.